This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today, I am joined by Jose Costa. Jose is the Chief Growth Officer at Bojangles. I'm excited for him to be here. Welcome to the show, Jose. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, Jose, why don't you tell a little bit about who you are and who Bojangles is to the audience? Yeah. Uh, I'm originally from Venezuela, came to the U.S. in 2003 for graduate school and have been here for about 20 years, always in retail. Uh, the last three years with Bojangles. Bojangles is a, a up-and-coming 45-year-old brand. We're expanding uh, from the southeast to become a national brand. Uh, three very strong day parts, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. AUVs are about $2 million, and we have about 800 locations across the country. That's, that's what's astounding to me. It, it's not a national brand yet, but you guys already have 800 locations. So, you know, I like how you put that. You're a 45-year-old up-and-comer. That's really, that's cool. So you guys are have built a strong brand, long history, and now it's time to put the pedal to the to metal. That's right. That's that's exciting stuff. And I've been to Bojangles. It's great. But for the audience, why don't you tell a little bit about if I go to breakfast or lunch or dinner, what I'm going to find in a Bojangles. So there's three items that make us famous, what we're known for, for the last 45 years, and it's chicken, biscuit, and tea. So uh, for breakfast, you can have biscuit sandwiches. It's a very portable, fast uh, breakfast location for us. About 40% of our sales are before 11 a.m., uh, for lunch and dinner, you can get boneless chicken, sandwiches, tenders, and then your traditional uh, bone-in meals for the whole family. Um, That's fantastic. The, the, you know, the breakfast segment's always interesting to me because it's, it's, it's a segment that a lot of groups have struggled to really crack. It's a really hard one, but uh, that's uh, impressive that you guys, uh, how much sales come from before 11 a.m. It's really Incredible, kind of sets you apart for sure. Yeah, almost dollar for dollar is the same breakfast business as McDonald's with a million dollar less AUV, right? So uh, out of $2 million that we make on average per location, almost 900,000 are done before 11 a.m. And um, we believe that's a strong competitive advantage. For sure. What time do you open? Our, generally speaking, our restaurants open at 6 a.m. and they close at 10 p.m. Very, very cool. Um, okay, that's great insights about Bojangles. I want to take us to the next part of the show we call Clear the Air. I got three questions for you. They're fun questions. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's learn a little bit about Jose. Question one, when's the last time you tried something for the first time? Um, probably about three, three, four weeks ago, I, I went to a traditional, um, Mexican restaurant and they, I ate grasshoppers. I had never had grasshoppers. They're, they're crispy. Uh, and they actually tasted more like butter and garlic than, than anything else. 
Got it. So that means it was good. It was good. Yeah. I don't know if I would order it again, but it was good. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I need now I'm going to be looking for grasshopper. I want to try it now. <laughs> Question two. Yep. What is one skill you don't possess, but wish you did? Wow. Um, That's a great question. I, I guess on the sports side, I, I wish I, I was more uh, athletic. And um, earlier in my career, I played professional sports, but over time you get deteriorated as you get older, right? Yeah, what sports did you play? I played rugby for 10 years. I, I played for the national team back home. Wow. Yeah. What position? I was a prop number three, tight head. Wow. Yeah. Do you, st do you Make it to any, do you get any rugby in these days? I have my hip replaced about six months ago because of rugby. So <laughs> I like to watch it on TV. Uh, sometimes when the All Blacks come and play here in the U.S., I like to go watch them. But un unfortunately, I cannot play anymore. And where are you based now, Jose? Where do you live? Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. And that's where Bojangles is? We're headquartered here uh, since the beginning, since 1977. Yep. Wow. Okay, last question. One of my favorites. What is one thing most people agree with, but you do not? I do not agree that you need to have the same car for the rest of your life. This is an area where my wife and I disagree. I love cars. I only have one at a time, but I like to switch it often. And she gets on my case uh, for doing that. <laughs> I get it. The, uh, but it's fun. It's fun. You only live once. You got to change it up. <laughs> And, well, that was great. Really appreciate it. Going back to Bojangles a bit and what you do, give everyone a little context. Chief Growth Officer, fun, exciting name. What does the Chief Growth Officer do? Well, I spent the, the bulk of my time uh, thinking about how to successfully grow the brand outside of our core markets. Um, so that means identifying the right franchisees. It means divesting some of our company-owned assets. So out of the 800 that, that we operate, 300 are company-owned and 500 are franchise. So I have a team of people that go out uh, across the country and try to recruit um, franchisees to join our system. Um, we look for sophisticated restaurant operators that may have burgers or pizza or Mexican, and they're missing chicken. Uh, chicken is the fastest growing protein worldwide and in the US. And it has a lot of tailwinds right now. And uh, that, that helps Bojangles significantly as, as we grow. It is you, the franchisees that have our strong expertise, there are a lot of you know, what's happened over the last decade, these private equity companies or large scale businesses that, heck, there's even some public companies like a Carol's or something that, you know, that own different franchise brands. Are some of these, do you have some operators that have like 50 locations and things like that? We do. Uh, if, if you look at those 500 franchise locations that I mentioned, uh, one owner, uh, Jeff Rigsby owns 100 out of those 500. He's our largest operator. He represents about uh, 10 openings a year for us. So 
he's he's really big, a really important, and a very good partner. Uh, then it comes down, uh, we have two, two groups with about 70, 75 each. We have a group that recently joined the family with about 50. So that gives you a scale, uh, a reference of, of, of what we have right now. What's my, min if I want to be a Bojangles franchisee, what's my minimum requirement? So um, the, the minimum package right now is about three to five restaurants, uh, financially and liquidity. Uh, we're looking for a liquidity of half a million dollars, a net worth of a million, um, and that's per restaurant. So if you want to buy five territories, basically multiply that number by five. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and you've been here at three, for three years. Where, where were you before? I worked at Yum Brands with KFC, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut. I worked at um, Burger King. And then I took about a, a seven year uh, hiatus from, from the restaurant space. I worked five years in the automotive industry for Driven Brands and two years for an optical retailer. And you've come back to food. Yeah. Uh, and when you dug in the Bojangles and you were looking at, you know, how do we grow this brand? What were some of the things you uncovered like that were surprising to you? You're like, wow, this is really interesting. So the company went private about three, three and a half years ago. And the two private equity firms brought a new management team. Um, so we intentionally took the first few months to understand uh, our mistakes from the past, what made us special and strong, and how to grow the brand. Um, so, so some of the things that investors look for when they're analyzing Bojangles, uh, number one is, is being in the chicken space. As I mentioned, it's the fastest growing protein and a lot of investors want to be in the chicken space. Number two is having three strong day parts. Very few brands out in the marketplace have three day parts. If you're McDonald's, you have breakfast and lunch, you technically don't have a strong dinner business. If you're Pizza Hut, you don't have a breakfast business and so on. Um, number three, uh, our recipes are made from scratch. We don't have microwaves. Our operations may take a little bit longer but you can taste the difference, right? Uh, and then fourth, uh, it's a 45-year-old brand that has a cult following. And anyone that has traveled through the South that has tried our products, uh, they love it and they want it. And uh, we hear it a lot on social media. I travel with logo wear sometimes through the airports and I get stopped. When are you bringing Bojangles to Austin or to New York or to Chicago? And the answer is we're working on it. Uh, we're going to come soon. Unbelievable. Very cool. Well, I want to take the next part of the show to talk about um, a Bojangles that opened. And where are we going, Jose? Well, um, we are growing contiguously. We don't like to jump states. So right now where we're going is we're going deep in Texas, uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Illinois, and then in the Northeast, New York, New Jersey, PA. 
Uh, and if, if you do a, a quick Google search, put Bojangles, go to news, you can see all the development agreements that the team has been signing for the last few years. And it's exciting. We have close to 400 restaurants in the pipeline to be opened within the next five to seven years. Wow. And the, are, are these franchisees, are they typically buying the location? Are they ground leasing them? Are they, are they just leasing them? What, how are they doing this? Uh, it's all of the above. I would say um, half of the franchisees that come into the system would ideally like to buy the land. Uh, 25% uh, leverage the build to suit model and about 25% uh, are looking at ground leases uh, because in some areas like a downtown Dallas or a downtown Atlanta, if you really want an A plus location, most likely the only way to get in there is with a ground lease. Yeah, for sure. Um, I understand being on the developer side, so I get it. How big, 800 locations and you guys are growing, how big is your team and who are the parts of the team that, that you, you're responsible for? So my first two years when I joined the brand, uh, I was a chief development officer. I had real estate, I had construction, I had design, and I had development. Uh, about, two, about two years into that role, we were growing so much that we decided to separate the function. My team today focuses strictly on, on growth uh, and then Byron Chandler, our chief development officer, is overseeing real estate construction and design. So how do you like the different roles for you? I like it because it makes us more specialized um, and we divide and conquer. He's a great partner, has been a great addition to our team. Uh, he spent 20 years at McDonald's leading real estate for McDonald's. And I, I love working with him. I read, I read a little while ago. I don't know if he's still on. Is, is Gary Vaynerchuk on your board? He is. Yeah, yep. He he's uh, definitely uh, so interesting to hear him talk. Every board meeting uh, always has a lot of ideas. We work with his agencies, and it's just fascinating to see the way he thinks about social media marketing in general and digital. Yeah, for sure. He's a, I, I, I was wondering when I, when I, you know, learned you were, you know, the, the chief growth officer, I was wondering, I assumed you might, uh, you know, he's all about growing businesses, right? So I assumed that you might've, uh, heard him, you know, speak or been in a meeting with him or something. So every month he's, he's in our board meetings. Uh, it's, it's a, a great asset to our brand. We're, we're thankful, grateful to have him on board. Very cool. We are going to take a quick break here, and now a word from one of our sponsors. With over 80 years of architectural practice, NWS Architects and its sister minority firm, Chata & Associates, are committed to the visions, budgets, and schedules of their clients. Incorporating the best in architectural sustainability and licensed in 48 states with a 90% retention rate, it's easy to see why clients such as Brookfield Properties, DLC Management, Dollar General, and almost every major and junior anchor trusts NWS Architects with their projects, large or small. Call Sanjeev at 312-735-7123 or visit nwsarchitects.com to learn how they can provide value for your next project. 
When you look at the, the growth, you mentioned a bunch of different areas. Is our, you mentioned national brand. Um, is the long-term vision coast to coast? The long-term vision is actually international. Uh, the short-term vision, I would say the next three to five years is strictly focused in domestic growth, coast to coast, but contiguous. We don't want to be jumping states. So if you call us today and say, I want to go to Colorado or California, we'll say, thank you, Chris. We like you a lot. We're going to put you on this database. And in about 18 months, when we're ready, we're going to call you back. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. Makes sense. I like, I, I like a continuous growth. I know some continuous state growth. There's, there's, there's some brands that try to like do all the major MSAs and there's some brands that just go where the franchisees are and you know we've seen the ups and downs of both yeah we we are a little more old school when it comes to to that aspect of growth because if it's contiguous it allows us to provide better support so we visit the restaurants quite often uh it creates more marketing dollars when you cluster the restaurants so you can advertise uh it, it it just makes the whole business function a lot better if you can concentrate contiguously versus jumping all over the map. I think the last part that I'm curious about is, I, tell me about digital and how is the, the digital, you know, online restaurant world impacted your business and how are you guys taking advantage of that? So think of the, the beginning of the pandemic. So the first semester of 2020, um, our sales were already about 85% off-premise. So through the drive-through, either curbside or ahead, carry-out, uh, coming into the pandemic, we were already 85% off-premise. The pandemic accelerated us to 100%. So we rolled out um, our delivery platform. Right now, it represents between 5 to 6% of sales, and it's growing uh, we, this year, recently rolled out Order Ahead and Curbside. In Q3 of this year, you're going to see we launched our new app. I encourage you to download it. And then at Q3, you'll see Loyalty. We're going to roll out Loyalty. And then we're going to roll out Catering. So there's an omni-channel roadmap that takes us about three years out. And digital is a big part of, of Bojangles going forward. Have, I'm curious on your take, especially your experience. What's your take on, because it feels like it was hot and it's kind of faded on ghost kitchens. And, and where, where does that play a role? Does it at all in what you're thinking? So we spent, I spent personally <laughs> the last two years looking at it. Uh, we met with various partners. We were very, very close to signing an agreement and then we decided not to move forward. Uh, I think it's a, a, an interesting idea. If, if a brand wants to explore uh, ghost kitchens, uh, I think the financial model of doing it yourself makes a little bit more sense because you can control the experience, the quality and the cost versus maybe going with uh, Cloud Kitchens or Reef or any of the players out there. Um, in those type of settings, you're going to be sharing the kitchen with many, many other brands. 
and sometimes product quality suffers, food safety suffers, uh, and the guest experience is not the same. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. In your in your days at Bojangles, I'm curious, any one location uh, that opened up, it really like, wow, this was really interesting story, how this Bojangles ended up somewhere. I can think of many of them, but one here close to our headquarters. It's a franchise location here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, the franchisee, Rash Pathak, calls me and he said, can you come look at, at this location? Uh, it was uh, a corner lot covered in trees. Uh, it, I mean, you looked at it and you wouldn't think much of it. And we started driving the trade area and I'm, I'm picking his brain. Can you educate me? Why do you think this is a great site? So we turn the corner and keep driving and there's this huge piece of land and he said one of the largest hospitals in the area is going to be developed here. Uh, they're about to break land, to break, break, break ground. Uh, and then we started continuing driving and we saw McDonald's popped up about a mile and a half away, but there, wasn't, there was nothing close to that hospital. Uh, so he ended up buying two, two parcels next to each other and, and yep, yeah, put Bojangles on the corner, and sometimes you're smart and you plan, sometimes you get lucky. By, by putting it on the corner, the city decided eventually they're gonna put a light, a stoplight there. So <clears throat> he was ahead of his time, a corner unit, 3,200 square feet building. Uh, he thought he was gonna do probably 35, 40,000 a week. He's doing 55,000 a week, and the hospital has not even opened. So um, I think that's going to be a great location. Uh, it opened about six months ago, and the hospital won't open for a while, but you can already see the traffic. It's coming. So, so it's such an interesting development story and about, and I, I appreciate it. So one, the thing I think is important, we all, we all in every business get excited about chasing growth, right? And sometimes, you know, timing is everything. You get a little early, like, oh, people are gonna move here. This is the, this is the city that's gentrifying. And so, but if you time it wrong, you can spend a lot of cash, burning cash until it actually comes to fruition. So I think the thing that really is amazing to me, the part that you mentioned at the end is, he opens up this location and he's doing so well and the hospital still hasn't opened yet. That is fascinating to me. And I got to give the franchisee some, a lot of kudos there. I mean, to envision this and it to come to reality, that, that's a hard, it might seem simple to some, but that's really hard that we've seen a lot of mistakes in our day about people trying to, to catch the growth at the right time and totally miss. Um, it's why, you know, the, Sometimes, you know, going into the mature market, while you might have that, might not have the ex excessive growth, you, it's stable, right? So to catch the trade area at that time and still be successful. And I think it's also a good story to the power of Bojangles brand, right? To be able to, to be able to do that without that brand power and brand equity, there's no way you get to 55 a week. 
Right, and I think it, it plays absolutely to the brand. It plays to how many years has the brand been present in that market. So here in Charlotte, we've been uh, around for 45 years. If you were to implement that strategy in a Houston or a Chicago where we are not there, it's a much riskier proposition versus here. Here, you almost are buying insurance because in the Carolinas, we're so penetrated that uh, every exit, there's a Bojangles, right? So people know the brand, they know the product, they, it has a cult following. So uh, for a franchisee like him, it's easier to take that risk here versus in a new market. Wow. Well, that was a, a great story. Thank you for oh, the other piece of that story. A lot of franchisees struggle with is he had to assemble land. Mm -hmm. That that's really a development move. I'm sure you guys had helped him with that, but that's not easy. Getting through municipalities and assembling land and dealing with two owners. Um, that is that is that is not simple. When when he told you that, where you're like, ah, oh, now we got to assemble both these parcels and. He's a sophisticated investor, so we helped him, but he did most of it himself. Uh, we we encouraged him to go to the corner uh, versus mid-block because we, we know when we are in a corner, uh, the dual entry points, uh, the stop stoplight uh, helps with traffic. So um, it was definitely the right move. Excellent. Well... Listen, thank you so much for telling the story. Thank you so much for talking about Bojangles. It's an exciting story. Excited to see what you guys can do. I want to take us to the last part of the show. I got three fun questions for you. Are you ready, Jose? I am ready. All right. Question one. What extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? Blockbuster. Perfect. All right. Question two. What is the last item over $20 you bought in a store? Um... A bottle of wine. <laughs> and then the last question. If you and I were shopping at Target and I lost you, what aisle would I find you in? Uh, probably baseball cards. Buying some for my, my kids. Oh, my God. So baseball cards are hot right now. So hot. I have I've been on the uh, I've been on the tear. I've been buying. Uh, I've been buying some of the rookie cards of the, the the quarterbacks of today, the Mahomes and the and the Herberts and Kyler Murrays and Joe Burrows. I got a few, so nice. That's going to be a good investment down the road. I hope so. They're in my safe. <laughs> well, um, you guys are baseball. Your son, your son likes baseball. Yeah, I got three kids. Uh, the two boys love baseball, and my daughter loves soccer. Oh, amazing. Yeah. What's your guys' team? Boston Red Sox. Wow. Boston. Were you were you up in Boston at one point in your career? No. Uh, we moved to the Carolinas. There's no baseball, Major League Baseball here. So uh, he was about five, six years old. And I put all the teams out and I said, uh, which one do you like and why? And, and he picked the Red Sox. So we went up to a game. Uh, last summer and he had a blast um, so it's been fun and then now recently we just got a, a an MLS uh, soccer team so so uh, the Charlotte Football Club we went to a game a few weeks ago and my daughter was in heaven so it's fun well 
Jose, this has been great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. Thank you, Chris. Nice seeing you. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.